Welcome to the Wondrous History Podcast. This is Vlad Zamfira, and today we'll continue our conversation about the Siege of Malta in 1565, having given a brief introduction to Malta's ancient, medieval, and early modern history, and background to Grandmaster Jean de la Valette in the previous episodes. Now, why do we talk about this specific event? Well, it was arguably one of the most important Mediterranean battles fought in early modern period. It was part of the larger Spanish Ottoman Philip II and Suleiman the Magnificent conflict, which spanned at an irregular pace between 1559 and 1581 to 22 years. And at the time, there was a lot at stake, Malta being an important bastion of Christendom and Spain in the Mediterranean. It really was a nexus between the early modern Arab world, with the Ottomans as well, and Western Europe. And it was an important battle that had significant indirect impact for the Venetians in the near future. Context is crucial for this case study and understanding what happened before and how it impacted the events at Malta in 1565. Arguably the most important event prior to Malta was the Battle of Gerba in 1560, hugely important for the military naval events in the Mediterranean for the remainder of the whole 16th century. It was at Gerba where the Ottomans, under Piale Pasha, Admiral of the Ottoman fleet, faced a large joint Christian alliance fleet composed chiefly of Spanish, Papal, Genoese, Maltese and Neapolitan forces. These allies lost more than 27 sunk galleys, plus additional smaller vessels, as well as the fortified island of Gerba. This Ottoman victory marked perhaps the high point of Ottoman power in the Mediterranean Sea in the 16th century. All in all, Spanish and Italian forces lost more than 60 ships that were sunk or captured, lost somewhere between 10,000 and 18,000 men, Crucially, the Spanish lost more than 5,000 men, most of them being skilled sailors, which was a vital necessity in 16th century Mediterranean warfare. In effect, for at least a decade, this had crippled the Spanish navy and put it on the defensive. The victorious Ottomans erected a pyramid of skulls of the defeated Spanish defenders, which stood until the late 19th century, now, a small monument stands in its place at Borj Ghazi Mustafa, at Homtsok. All in all, Gerba was a humiliated and crippling defeat for Philip II, who from this point until Lepanto in 1571 would be on the defensive to the detriment of Venetian, Papal and the Knights of St. John's forces. Returning to Malta, Prior to the events of the siege of 1565, the Knights of St. John were located in Rhodes. Suleiman in 1522 had driven them out and he sought to do the same in 1565. For eight years, the Knights were technically without a permanent residence until 1530, Charles V giving them the Maltese archipelago. He did have tactical reasons for doing this as Malta acted as somewhat of a shield or a bastion for Sicily and Naples. 
The main protagonist of the siege was without a doubt Grand Master Lavalette, able political, diplomatic and military fi figure. As discussed in the previous episode, Lavalette spoke Arabic and all Ottoman, and he had a keen sense of how the Ottomans organized their fleets, especially the Corsairs. Despite all of this, the Christian forces at Malta required a bit more help from the opposing side. And there were other reasons for which the Ottomans failed to take over Malta, mainly being the rivalry between Mustafa Pasha of the land forces and Piali Pasha of the naval forces. Lavalette also had to deal with the late arrival of Don Garcia de Toledo, Viceroy of Sicily and commander of Philip II's forces in Malta, who had been seen by modern historians as more of a villainous individual. Given the fact that Francisco Balbi was a mere archibusier who witnessed the events of Malta and who saw his account being printed with royal license of Philip II himself, it is understandable why he avoids talking in negative terms about Toledo. In early 1565, there was still a bit of hope that Malta would not constitute the prime objective for the Ottomans. And through a network of Venetian papal and Spanish agents, the Knights of St. John were aware of a possible impending siege, who were looking for a number of targets, including Cyprus, which turned out to be conquered in 1571, as a result of the failure of Malta in 1565. The Venetians were also on guard, knowing all too well that the peace treaty after the Third Ottoman-Venetian War had already lasted more than two decades and was becoming weaker with each passing year. Lavalette had kept a close correspondence with Philip II of Spain and Pope Pius IV. It is in early February 1565 that Philip II named Don Garcia Toledo as Viceroy of Sicily and Captain General of the Mediterranean Sea and was tasked with providing the Knights of St. John adequate backing in the events of a siege. Therefore, in February 1565, a council was summoned with the Duke of Savoy, Council of Republic of Genoa, Duke of Florence, Pope, Viceroy of Naples, all of which, by the way, were under heavy Spanish influence especially after the events of the Treaty of the Cateau Cambresis in 1559. Afterwards, Toledo, after inspecting fortifications with La Valette on the main island of Malta, he went to Gozo, where he left four companies of Spanish infantry. As previously mentioned, the fortifications at Malta were far poorer than the ones at Rhodes in 1522. This was quite evident at the Fort of St. Michael, where defences were very poor, which forced most of the peasantry from Birgu to work day and night to restore the fortifications. By May 7th, the knights have been summoned from Italy and Malta seemed to be ready for the siege. By the 10th of May, they had news of the Ottoman fleet sailing nearby Modon, today known as Metoni, part of the Greek archipelago. In the eve of the siege, according to Balbi, Grandmaster Lavalette had the following forces at his disposal. 500 of his own knights, 400 Spaniards led by Juan de la Cerda, 200 Italians led by Hasdrubal de Medici from Florence, 
400 Italians under Colonel Mas, 200 Italians under Della Motte, 100 soldiers garrisoned at St. Elmo, 500 soldiers on galleys, 100 servants of the Grand Masters of the Knights, 3,000 Maltese, most of them men and peasantry in condition to fight, 200 Greeks and Sicilians from Malta, 500 galley slaves and oarsmen, all in all around 6,000. As for who commanded where, you had at St. Angelo, Galcerano Ross, Catalan Knight and Juan da Cunha with a reserve of 50 men in galleys. The fort of St. Michael had an Italian garrison, mainly with Hasdrubal de Medici. The ancient capital of Ndina, you had Commander Pedro Mesquita, a Portuguese, also in charge of the rest of the fortifications on the main island of Malta. At Gozo, you had Piemontese knight Juanotto Torreas with 80 soldiers garrisoned. Another Piemontese knight called Luigi Broglia was in charge of the fort at St. Elmo. Finally, Balbi had concluded, quote, The Grand Master had done everything that he could to bring the island into a state of readiness, but he was still uneasy about the impending danger. We, who were to endure the siege under his command, felt much the same as our noble commander. In the next episode of this miniseries, we will look at how the siege went, critical moments, and how eventually the Ottoman forces were repelled. Thank you for listening to the Wanderers History Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and share among friends, family, and whoever is interested in podcasts such as these and history.